0: Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting, or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory.
1: Good morning. Sorry to interrupt your conversation this morning. We are uh, so glad that you are here. Jim, I feel like I'm speaking very loud. All right, so we are very glad that you're here today. I have some announcements as we begin. First of all, if you're a visitor with us, we are very glad that you are here, and we invite you to fill out one of the trifold communication cards. You can see it up on the screen, and put it in the offering so we can thank you for being here. I want to welcome you to 2020 and our year-long theme of Focus on Faithfulness. Today, we have some invitations for you. Immediately following this service at 1030, there is going to be a class in Room 100, about establishing your own vine time. Remember, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, and we are to stay connected to the vine, and Pastor Alice is going to be teaching a class about how to develop that habit of daily prayer in your life, she'll have some pointers for you. Today's also Connections Cafe, and along the wall, as you exit the sanctuary, we have donuts. Today, so you can pick up a donut and go head into room 100 for the class or just stay around for some fellowship. Also, today at 4 o'clock, our contemplative practices class begins. If you are curious about what this is all about or you feel God stirring you that maybe you should check this out, please come. You don't have to register in advance, we'll be done today by 5 30. Packer kickoff is until 6.40, so you'll have plenty of time to get home. And we have childcare available tonight, so please come at four o'clock. Our resource table is open, and I'm sorry to say we have run out of the study Bibles. We did order some, and so they should be here next week. So please, if you're looking for one of those, we will have them next week. We have a bunch of other great resources there today, though, so stop by. We have good news to report about our first Wednesday night Good Shepherd Cafe. We were over the moon to have about 50 people there on Wednesday night. It was a great turnout. We have four more of them coming up starting uh, this week. There's another one. And we have a meal and we share time together. We had people of all ages and so we welcome you to come at 530 on Wednesday night to connect with others and be fed in both body and soul. And we did have a death in our congregation this week. June Weinhardt died at, earlier this week. Her funeral service will be Saturday at 11 o'clock with a visitation at 10. We ask you to please keep Dale Weinhart, uh, her husband, and their family in your prayers. May God bless us as we worship. This morning, the first reading is a reading from Isaiah,
0: chapter 49. Listen to me, all you in distant lands. Pay attention, you who are far away. The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb he called me by name. He made my words of judgment as sharp as a sword. He has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. I am like a sharp arrow in his quiver. He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, and you will bring me glory." I replied, but my work seems so useless. I have spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose. Yet I leave it all in the Lord's hand. I will trust God for my reward. And now the Lord speaks, the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honored me, and my God has given me strength. He says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me, I will make you a light to the Gentiles, and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. The Lord, the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel, says to the one who is despised and rejected by the nations, to the one who is the servant of rulers, kings will stand in attention when you pass by. Princes will also bow low because of the Lord, the Faithful One, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Here ends the reading. The second reading is a reading from 1 Corinthians. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from our brother Sosthenes. I am writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you, now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way, with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end, so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this, for he is faithful to what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The second reading is a reading from 1 Corinthians. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from our brother Sosthenes. I am writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way, with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end, so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this, for he is faithful to what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The second reading is a reading from 1 Corinthians. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother, Sosthenes. I am writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way, with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this for he is faithful to what he says and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the gospel.
1: Our gospel today comes from John the first chapter. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting on him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? he asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, who inspires us all. Amen. A few years ago, I officiated at a wedding for a couple that I really enjoyed working with. They were active members of the church, and they had a loving, healthy relationship. They were practical, just salt-of-the-earth kind of people. So I was a bit surprised at the groom's behavior during the ceremony. Seems about halfway through the service, he started checking his watch all the time, checking his watch. And to be honest, I was kind of irritated with this because I'm thinking, you know, what, are you bored? (laughs) Do you have somewhere else you need to be? Well, it wasn't until we got to that part in the ceremony where I pronounced them husband and wife that I realized what was going on. He was waiting to mark the exact moment, the exact time when they became married, when their lives changed forever. And so at that moment, he broke into a big smile and he showed his watch to his brand new bride. See, it wasn't enough for him to just remember the day when they were married or even the time of their ceremony. He wanted to know the exact minute when their lives changed forever through the covenant of marriage. Well, my irritation quickly melted when I realized what was going on, and actually it seemed quite appropriate that he would want to mark that exact moment one of the most important moments of his life. But we tend to do that, don't we? We mark the exact time for life-changing moments. We, we mark the exact time when a baby is born. We mark the exact time when a person dies. Maybe you remember some exact times for important moments in your life. Maybe when you heard someone say, I love you for the first time. Or you were the one offering that marriage proposal? Or you received a job offer? Or maybe a diagnosis? That moment when you or your child walked across the stage in graduation? Or you walked out of your place of employment and into retirement? Maybe you even describe your life as before or after these significant events. Let well, I don't know if you noticed it in our Gospel today, but the writer of John includes an interesting detail about time. The story says that John the Baptist was standing there with two of his disciples, and Jesus walks by, and John says, Look, there's the Lamb of God. And these disciples of John decide that they're going to start following Jesus, and so they're following Jesus, and Jesus turns around and says, What are you looking for? And they answer his question with another question, Where are you staying? And Jesus then responds with an invitation, Come and see. And the story says that they went and they saw where Jesus was staying and they spent the day with him. And then John includes this interesting detail. He says it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder if those disciples checked their watches. <laughs> and I wonder if even though they were just meeting Jesus for the first time, they already had an inkling that this was going to be a life-changing encounter. Their, their lives would forever be defined from before and after they met Jesus. I mean, can you imagine how many times in their lives they were probably asked, when did you first meet Jesus? And every time they told the story, they would always begin with, well, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. Encountering Jesus is like that. It can change your life. Not just the lives of those disciples, but our lives, too. So not to get too personal here, but have you ever had a holy encounter that became a Jesus-marked moment in your life? An amazing grace moment where maybe you said, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Maybe it's not that extreme, but what are your Jesus moments? I had one a few years ago, it was a Tuesday in the winter, about 8 o'clock in the evening. I was at a retreat in Chicago and the retreat leader was taking us through a prayer exercise using guided imagery so we were imagining ourselves in a story from scripture. There were about 70 of us in the room and we were breathing deeply and had our eyes closed and The story the retreat leader was using in the story, Jesus asked much the same question he asked in our gospel today What are you seeking? What are you looking for? What is it that you want me to do for you? It's a powerful question, especially when it's coming from Jesus. And so in my prayer, I imagine Jesus asking me this question What are you seeking? And what I was desiring most from Jesus in that moment was to just know that I was loved. And so, in my prayer, I said, Jesus, let me know that you love me. And as I watched in my mind's eye, Jesus took me by surprise, and he did this really playful, affirming, reassuring thing that I know that my brain could have never come up with on, my, on, on its own because it went all the way back to my childhood. The image that came to me almost made me laugh out loud. And I opened my eyes and I was filled with this warmth and joy and peace that was such a gift. I'd have to tell you a very long story To explain all the details of it. So suffice it to say that that became a Jesus marked moment for me. It was a special encounter with Jesus where I mark the time because it was such a powerful affirmation of God's presence with me. So, what are your Jesus marked moments? The birth of your children? A time of healing? An opportunity that came out of nowhere, surprised you? A time where you just had a sense that God was orchestrating things? Or maybe it's something as simple as lighting a candle on Christmas Eve and singing Silent Night. I mean, what is it about that moment that makes us weep every single time? What is God stirring up in us in that moment? Maybe we just need to pay attention. One Jesus-marked moment that we all have in common is our baptism. Because that was a moment that changed our lives forever. Gave us a new identity as beloved children of God. It gave us a place in God's family It gives our lives meaning and purpose and direction. Now, whenever someone is baptized, we always give them a certificate and say, you were baptized on such and such a date. But I'm thinking that maybe we should start including the time, that 10.09 on such and such a date, you became a beloved child of God. Because baptism is a Jesus-marked moment worthy of remembering. Well, you are about to experience another moment where maybe you should check the time as you come to God's table. Maybe look at your watch and say, oh, at at 1020, I got a clean slate from God. I was given a new start. All of my past sins were forgiven, and I walked away with a new lease on life right here at this table. A Jesus-marked moment happens for sure every time we gather at God's table. So part of our invitation for 2020 and as we focus on faithfulness is is to encourage you to be intentional about taking that time to reflect, to listen, to be aware of what God is up to in your life. In our gospel. Today, those disciples were willing to put aside their agenda for the day and answer Jesus' invitation to come and see. And at about four o'clock in the afternoon, their lives were changed. Taking part in a prayer exercise at eight o'clock on a Tuesday night in Chicago gave me just the space, the time, to be open to this wonderful, playful message of love that Jesus had for me. So maybe this prayer class that we're having this afternoon or the Wednesday night program or your vine time sitting with God sometime during the day will be an opportunity for you to hear from God in a powerful way. Because Jesus desires nothing more than to mark our moments, to remind us that we are loved and cherished and forgiven. And a good first step for us is to simply accept his invitation to come and see. Amen.
0: Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.